Hey heroes, welcome to On Scene First. I'm your host, Tracy Eldridge. With over 25 years in public safety, I am wicked excited and honored to bring you entertaining, educational, and empowering conversations with public safety difference makers who are harnessing the power of -of out-of-the-box thinking when it comes to using the latest and greatest must-have technology tools, a people-first leadership approach, and mental health resources to save lives on both sides of the call. Before we get started, I would like to say thank you to our premier sponsor, NGA911. With their reliable cloud-based end-to-end NG911 solutions, I am super confident they can fulfill your needs when it comes to next-gen core services, call handling, data analytics, and much more. Oh, and did I mention it is affordable and customizable? Make sure you visit our friends at www.nga911.com and tell them Tracy sent you. Now, on with the show. Well, welcome, my friend Marty. How are you today? Hey, Tracy. I'm doing great. Awesome. I am wicked excited to have you here. I always thoroughly enjoy our conversations, but this one is just going to touch on a topic that I find very interesting. It's funny because I worked for a technology company and I'm not really a big fan of technology, like to deep dive, but yet there's a lot of topics that I teach in several of my classes. And one of the topics that I teach in a class that I do, it's an eight hour class and it's titled 911 Hacked, Attacked, and Where's That? And I do that through um, the public safety group, through Tony Harrison's uh, training company. And I'm always looking for new updated call types or situations that fit into some of those categories. And one of the categories is, you know, attacks on 911 center, whether it's a swatting call, a hoax call, and then the hacked piece of it is when they hack into our systems and they, and they cause some risky business and just randomly a story popped up on my Facebook feed. I don't know if it was circulating or not right now, because I think it was a little while ago, but we'll jump into that. But you you had a ransomware hit your 911 center. When did that happen? It was April 26th of 2020. Okay. Yeah. So it, it some miraculously popped up on my, my social media feed and I immediately reached out to you. But before we jump into that topic, I just want my listeners to get to know you a little bit. Tell them your full name, where you work, what you do. And we love hearing about how folks got their, their first taste of public safety and how they got to where they are today. Sure. Well, first, I just want to thank you for having me. Uh, I'm honored to be on your uh, podcast here. Oh, thank you. We've, I've known you since uh, b- back in the Rapid SOS early. Early days. days. Yeah. So I've, I've, I've followed you ever since then. Uh, but to tell about me, my name is Marty Crum. I'm the current operations manager for Lawrence County 911 in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. Uh, my first uh, encounter with public safety or when I got started, it was all the way back to 1991. Uh, I was working in a local factory and a friend of mine working next to me was telling me about what it was like to be in the local rescue squad back then. And he recruited me. I was, 
okay, it's cool. Go hang out on one weekend a month and you get to dress up and play fireman, I guess is really how it was presented. <laughs> and uh, like I thought, <laughs> yeah, that thought to be cool. And uh, so I went to a meeting, joined, and that was in 91. So six years later, I'm serving as an officer and run for uh, chief, got elected chief in uh, 97. And due to unforeseen circumstances anyway, cut that short and uh, left that agency. And around about the same time, this was early, late 97, early 98, um, the factory I was still working at, a uh, co-worker friend of mine got hired here at our dispatch center uh, when it uh, consolidated. Yep. We had two, two dispatch centers at the time, the county and the city. And when they merged, they needed a few more people. And he was one of them. He was a fellow firefighter. And I knew if he could do this job, I could too. I was interested because it's CAD, it's computer-based. Yeah. And I'd always wanted a computer-related job. So I came down and uh, sat in and saw what it was like. And immediately I was hooked and I wanted to be part of it. <laughs> so, yeah, starting around May of 98, uh, I came on part-time. And a couple of years later, I was hired full-time for about a year. Uh, it didn't work out at that time. It just wasn't the right time. And I left, stayed on part-time and went back to the factory life for a while until 2006. I came back full-time and been full-time ever since. Oh, wow. And just, just love it. I mean, this is uh, my, I'm in my element now. Um, I still love to dispatch from time to time. I got to keep those skills up. Yes. But I love to be on the backside of things and keeping things running. And um, like you said, with technology, that's uh, you got to stay on top of it on, on yep. this side of things, doing admin, the rapid SOS, the uh, NCIC things. I'm just doing a little bit of all of it. But uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, about seven years ago, they created a position here called technical assistant that got me out of the radio room. So I was promoted to that. And I've been doing the back behind the scenes, the admin stuff. Yeah. Ted. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know if that. I would, I don't know if I would see that as a promotion for me. I think that would be well, a punishment. <laughs> uh, well, I got to go today. So I thought, oh it was yeah, promotion. definitely. Yep. Definitely so, a promotion. Moving from, from the, the night shift, 12 hours to today's Monday through Friday was a promotion. Yes. Uh, but Agreed. yes, at, at times, and then leading up to this incident, when this incident happened, yeah, I definitely rethought that. <laughs> I was going to say at some point, as you were telling the story and that, you, you know, you like the technical aspect, I, I was going to say, be careful what you wish for, because right. you just might get called to the carpet and have to uh, really perform some, some skills. So I, I do know that there have been you know, several centers that had, um, have had it ransomware attacks. And, you know, I think, I, I honestly think that no matter how hard we try to, you know, behave when it comes to computers and not clicking on links when, you know, they, they don't look familiar and things like that. And we'll get into kind of how, how that all happened. But I think also today, they're getting much better at, at thwarting us. Um, and I'll just give a quick example. When I was with Rapid SOS, I was in Washington, D.C. I had talked to Michael Martin, the CEO 
of Rapid SOS the day before. He knew I was going to Washington, D.C. because I was doing some some stuff with um, Amazon Web Services and, you know, it was super exciting. And so we were talking about it. So he knew I was in there, but yet in my mind, I'm just busy in the hustle and bustle. And he sent me an email or I say he in quotes, uh, but it came from Michael Martin and it came up on my Apple Watch. And so I, I didn't pull up my phone and I just tapped to read it. And he said, are you in the office? And I was like, no, you know, I'm in DC. And he was like, well, I was wondering if you could run out and get me, um, you know, five, $500 gift cards, Visa gift cards. And I was just like, oh, damn it. I was duped. Like I knew right in the moment (laughs) that I'm like, is this the IRS? Are they going to let me pay, you know, my, my bill with, uh, you know, iTunes gift cards and It was like, damn it. But when I got to my computer, I just forwarded um, the email to or actually, I'm sorry, I took a screenshot. I didn't forward it. I took a screenshot of it and I sent it to our IT folks. And I said, I just want to let you know that I got this. I didn't do anything with it um, because you have to tell people right away when stuff like this happens. But I'm sure you're right. going to get into into all of that. So take me down memory lane to that day in, in April. Oh, but I did want to say this too, is, you know, a lot of the stuff that I've seen out there for different 911 agencies that had this situation, there's a video that you guys put out there that, and that was the video that I saw. I will be happy to share that with anybody. They can reach out to you, I'm sure. Um, but such a well-done video on, um, on, on the incident and, and what to look for. And then you shared um, a presentation with me. So I'll get to pass that on to other agencies too. So I really appreciate that. Uh, but sure. yeah, take us back to that day in April of, of 2020. Not like we had, you know, anything else going on at that time. Right. <laughs> um, actually, that was a blessing in disguise because we were under lockdown by then uh, on April 26th. Uh, you know, a lot of businesses were closed, church services suspended. Oh, yep, yep. So fortunately, call volume was a little bit lower at that time. Um, So this happened to be on a Sunday evening when this happened, April 26th. Um, Let me pull up my string here. So um, normally I would have been at church around the time this happened, but uh, not this time because, like I said, we were down because of COVID. So I have uh, several applications running on our systems here to assist me uh, in keeping things updated, um, preventing users from doing things they shouldn't do, or just notifying me when they do do things, certain things Uh, just simply, you know, if they restart one of the desktops without asking me first, I get a notification, Hey, this computer's offline. It's been restarted and it's called CCleaner cloud. That's okay. If I can mention that Yeah. because thanks to it, thanks to it, that's how I got notified within a minute of the first um, attack, I guess you could say, because uh, I get an email that let me know that it says dispatch has logged in using remote desktop on computer and it named the computer, the workstation done that. That's never happened before. Right. Um, nobody here knows how to use remote desktop except me, but I had that set to get notified if that ever happened. And it did. It said 5.57 p.m. Super smart. Yeah. Well, we were limited and still somewhat limited in funds. And so I had to prepare for not if, but when. Right. Right. Uh, so, so this was just one of the uh, very reasonable 
uh, priced applications that if anybody's ever used just CCleaner on your computer to help clean out junk files and stuff, this is a more robust thing that you can manage from any workstation or your mobile device to um, keep scans running, you know, to keep it clean and, and running. But it also lets you know when certain things happen. Like right. This. That's really cool. I, I had never heard of that. And I'm just thinking like, I, I, I think it's great. Um, I encourage folks to, to definitely look into it because I'm sure that feature, while yes, you'll, and I'm sure you'll talk about, you know, having to pay out some funds, but I'm sure it, it saved you a lot too. It did because by getting notified that quick, um, I'm about 15 minutes from work. It didn't take that long that night. But, oh, I bet. <laughs> uh, no, because I just knew something was up. And as soon as I got that email, I look at the cameras here uh, that I can access on my phone to see what was going on at that workstation. And immediately one of the uh, employees called me and said, hey, this dispatcher is having trouble. Can't get logged in. Uh, I said to CAD or to Windows, and it was to Windows, which they shouldn't have been logged out of to begin with. Right. So I just dropped everything then, made my way here. And by that time, um, I just went straight to that workstation and to see what was going on. And sure enough, you could, it's like the password had been changed. So I use the admin account. I get logged into it to get to the desktop. And another operator across the room said, hey, something has happened on my screen now. It's kicked me out and back uh. to, the window, to the Windows login screen. And then I knew. Oh my God, Something. I would have been freaking out. I, I was. I, I get this sick feeling in my stomach. I run to the server room. I pull up the KVM screen. And the first thing I see is uh, files on the desktop with the padlock on them. Ugh. And I knew then it was the attack was happening. And I think the first thing I did was I called her CAD vendor uh, just because that's where it was happening at yep. uh, initially on the CAD uh, screen. And they said, you know, they couldn't access our uh, system remotely. Then they could see it went offline and they timestamped that. So we knew, yep, they've lost connection. He said, turn everything off, shut it down, disconnect from the internet. And by doing that, by the time I got every device in the building uh, turned off, it was by this time going on seven, I guess, uh, it helped stop the spread. Right, right. Okay. So, so, so as long as the computer's off, they're not going to be able to get into that particular, com that workstation. Right. No power, can't do anything. And if anything was running at the time and I shut it down, it stopped any further progress. And did you have, uh, did you have like mobile data terminals in your, in your uh, responder vehicles? Actually, we don't, uh, okay. we don't have anything mobile. So yeah, that, that again, uh, was another blessing, nothing there, but um, I, I wish we did, and, and maybe someday we will, just yep. so that our responders can see what we see on CAD. And they, yeah, well, because I was CAD. just, I was just thinking, like, how do you reach that many folks in that quick of a time? So that's just something that I want to point out for folks to think about if they're, you know, if if you have like, <laughs> I'm just thinking to myself, like having a code word, code word, like this is this is serious. Like, get yourself logged out of your computer as quickly as possible. <laughs> Right, just keep up and say hacked on the radio and say yeah. shut it, shut it down. Yeah, no, our, yeah. our our center is uh, small compared to most. We only have three servers: one for CAD, a SQL server, and then our recording server. Okay. Uh, seven CAD workstations, including one in my office, one in the director's office, and then five in the radio room. A GIS machine uh, map that I build the maps on, and one network printer. We're all on that 
network um, or networks. We've actually had two separate networks, two different internet connections. Uh, one of the key things here um, is I had a machine in common, which is something you really shouldn't do, but I inherited it. And until this happened, uh, it just remained that way. But fortunately, the bridged network was not affected. Uh, so that mapping machine was just connected to both sides of the network. Uh, but it stopped at that machine by getting okay. everything shut down. It stopped there. But once we rebuilt it, that's no longer the, the uh, design. Uh, but it, that was my fear uh, because I've been to conferences and some that you've been at. Yep. And, and I've heard of another uh, center in our state, Tennessee, yeah. that uh, he, he says he was the first one in the state to get hit with ransomware. Whether, whether true or not, doesn't matter. He just he was the one that said, you know, it's not if but when and i was yep. hoping the, my when was going to be when i was gone yeah yeah <laughs> no, exactly. no longer no longer here because i knew we had um we had um security issues that I, at that time i was not able to uh mitigate so okay. when this happened um fortunately what I was running on my workstation that I'm sitting at uh, as an additional protection because I use mine different than everybody else. Um, it prevented the ransomware from ever launching to begin with. So my workstation was saved and thankfully that's where I had a lot of uh, information for our CAD system uh, stored, emailed to myself. So even if my workstation was down, I could go access my email on the web and get these files back. Uh, but we were down, everybody's having to go to pen and paper and majority of our folks had never done that before. So they're right, freaking right. out. Uh, and then I start calling my director at the time and say, okay, who done it? Call next. Uh, I called my neighboring, uh, PD here and called their IT guy. You know, what can you do to help? Nobody here has ever had it happen. I called a former coworker at a previous agency I worked at who had been hit and you may have heard of this one in Spring Hill, Tennessee, the city of Spring yes. Hill. Yeah, I used to work for them for about four years. They got hit and they were down. Oh, so you're the months, problem. So it's no, you, no, no, no. You're the connection. No, long, long, <laughs> long after I was gone, I left there. I left there in 2010. But anyway, I reached out to her. So what did you do? You know, how, how long? But it was the city network. It wasn't just dispatch. We're right. isolated. It was just us. It didn't affect anybody else. It didn't affect our phone system. So 911 was alive and well. It's just back to the 70s and pen and paper. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I reached out to my director. He contact had me contact someone at the state level with the 911 board who put me in contact with an agency. Said, "Yeah, we can come down." And um, right off the bat, he just said it'll be thirty six thousand dollars just to show up. Oh my goodness. I'm like, uh, okay, I'll give you a call back. Yeah, maybe. let me rethink uh, this. <laughs> re rethink that. Yeah, we, we can't do that. And right. that was not counting, you know, lodging and meals and all this stuff. That was just to show up. Oh, my so goodness. I then reach out to the director of this agency, other agency in Tennessee that I knew had been hit and asked who they used. And they had me contact another uh, who they used also in Tennessee. And they said, yeah, we can be down tomorrow evening. Um, he gave me a rough quote that was way below $36,000 yeah. and I said okay see you then and so I still make phone calls to TBI hey we got to have everything rerouted to our neighboring agency I uh, got the approval to do that so any hit confirmations that come through they would call us on the phone 
everything was handled by fax and phone and like i said pen and paper oh my goodness uh but you know we, we were making it so the next evening on the 27th uh, I'd also got a phone call by then from the TBI and the FBI agent. Not on my bucket list to sit across from them. Nope, the nope. Table I wouldn't want to do like that, that either. <laughs> but uh, it's done. And yes, everybody pretty much showed up around the same time, seven o'clock next evening, gets to work to start uh, imaging what's here, looking for log files, which uh, what we were hit with was called uh, Mr. Deck. Okay. Because it was started in December of, I think, 2019. I think it was Mr. Deck 19 is what they determined it was. Still no determination of exactly where it came from, but we do know it did not come from or it did not initiate from inside by somebody kick, clicking on a link from a okay, website good. or an email. Because I don't allow our employees to have or access email on the workstations. We got a standalone computer in the back of the room. You know, and and to, I was going to I was going to ask you that because there are folks that are just like, yeah, we you know, we have an internet connection and you know, sometimes it is scary and that was one of the things that with Rapid SOS and and the portal or Rapid Light when it first came out is right. folks <laughs> were very nervous about, you know, accessing the internet. And, and we know, we know that if you do things the right way, there are ways that you can do it safely. And, you know, that was something sure. that we had to encourage folks to look into and understand because it was such a valuable tool. But there are folks that are just like, nope, adamantly, no way, you know, we'll have it on a separate computer. And so I was, I was definitely going to ask you that question. Um, was it something that came from inside? Cause that's a bad feeling, right? That's, that's me right. carrying on my Apple watch to Michael Martin thinking it's Michael Martin and going, Oh my God, I'm the reason that happened. So but right. the other thing I want to point out too, is that you just pointed out that it's not just people clicking on links. It can just come in and attack whenever it wants to. Right. And we determined, uh, based on the information that I was able to, because actually, again, back to CCleaner Cloud and what it showed uh, one particular device doing was pinging all the other devices on the network to see what's there. Okay. Uh, um, so from what we can tell, there were files left on this new server that we had uh, upgraded or bought prior to our phone upgrade back in February of 2020. Uh, that that's where it initiated was that device. Okay. And without mentioning the vendor, it was our recording server that we had replaced. We needed an upgrade to be able to do what we needed to do with our new phone system. Okay. Uh, again, a blessing in disguise. We switched phone systems. And on April 2nd of 2020, just a few weeks before this happened, prior to that, our previous phone system had the same IP network, same IP scheme as our CAD network that was hit. Oh, so, so that could have been disastrous. Could, it could have, we could have lost our phones too, but thankfully that wasn't the case. So, um, so yeah, after the guys get here, they start the rebuild or imaging first for the FBI and the TBI, and they're interviewing me and we're going through everything. Um, I get a hold of our CAD vendor, say, this is what's happened. Um, and they bring somebody on site a couple of days later to rebuild, reinstall everything after everything's been wiped and, and marked clean by the uh, company that came to restore everything. 
uh, they had a team along with me that went to rebuilding CAD from the ground up based on the information that I was able to save to email, which included reports of all of our units, departments, uh, employees, all of that stuff, um, all the settings that we could uh, restore. They had a few people, I think uh, all total, they gave me a bill for about 56 hours that they used. And I don't know how many I spent Wow. Wor- working on it alongside them. We, we had a open conference call c- kind of like this for hours one day where we, okay, you work on this part in the admin console. Everybody had a different section and we were back up May 1st by 8 a.m. Okay. Now did by the, by this point has whoever's doing this reached out to you to say, Hey, this is what we want. Okay. So yeah, let me back up on that. So what I found before I shut everything down, I took some pictures with my phone of the screens and one of the Which files I was, the- I was very, su- I was very impressed with that as well. Right. Because you might, some folks in panic mode might be Oh crap, you know, like, and then just shut the computer down, but you doing that did two things. Um, it allowed you to see what everything all was on that desktop, but it also right. gave you the opportunity because you've shared those pictures with me in that presentation, which now I get to share in my classes. So now folks know that if they sit down at their computer and they're looking at like lock screens on their stuff, get that computer, you know, take the picture and shut it down. Right. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, message that came up when I clicked on uh, one of the files on the CAD server uh, desktop uh, said, you know, the files are encrypted. It gives a unique ID and it gives the instructions on what to do next. It doesn't, doesn't say, you know, what the ransom is or anything like that. It wants us to send a couple of small files as proof, I guess, to a particular email. Actually, there was two email addresses at the bottom of the message. And I knew from reading uh, the domain of one of them, Yep, they're never going to know who this is. It's protonmail.com because I had uh, looked into that one at one time because it's a secure server overseas. Okay, and it was proton, P-R-O-T-O-N? Yeah, protonmail.com. Okay. Um, They don't keep any of your stuff. So if you lose your password, you're just out of luck and you have to create another account. So there was no way we were going to know who this belonged to. Uh, I don't know that the FBI ever found out either, but my instructions were, we're not going to respond to that. We're just going to rebuild. Um, So we upgraded our CAD system. We went to this new CAD system, February 13th of 2018. So this is 2020. So that much data was encrypted from February 18 to April 26, 2020. We still do not have access to that, but because we, uh, upgraded all hardware, our older CAD server still had all of that data. And we were able to put that back, the historical data. So we still have access from uh, prior to the attack all the way back to 1998. Okay. Um, so we, there's just a small window there of about two years of CAD data that we cannot access. And that's, well I mean, if recordings. you think, yeah. So if you think about it, like, okay, that's not a lot given the circumstances, like you could have right. lost everything. Yeah, because we've been here 23 years this year. And also uh, the backups, if there was a question about, okay, didn't you have backups? Yes and no. We thought we did. And the backup drive, external drive that we thought had data on it when the uh, CAD vendor tech got here and was going to try to restore it, folders were there, but nothing was in them. Oh, so two two, (laughs) two, two lessons to learn, right? (laughs) 
Yeah. And, and one of those is on me because I was showed here. This is all you do once a week, change this drive out. Okay. I learned, I need to go into that drive, make sure files are actually there before I yeah. eject it yep. and then swap them out. So now that's, you know, just a change in pro in the process as well as additional uh, backups besides that one, because the one that was in the server was compromised. The external drive that was connected to another server was also compromised. So yeah, the backups were no, of no use. So it really was from the ground up um, as far as putting the settings back in manually. We, I had data. It just wasn't that easy to import back in. Right. But yeah, once we uh, got everything back up clean and got CAD rebuilt enough to where we could start creating CADs again, there were still a lot to put back. A lot of individual settings that I had created, rules, uh, auto-send, um, recommendations, things like that for our agencies. I had to put back mostly from men memory. I don't it's even, I don't even uh, like changing my credit card when I, I know, have to right? book a flight, if I lose my credit card, which I do on occasion, but yeah. I mean, I can't imagine having to reset every single solitary setting that you've, that you've Just, programmed. Yeah, what a challenging much. experience. It, it was. And one of the, uh, other uh, talk about timing was, um, on May 3rd, two days after we went back live, our center was slammed with calls uh, for a severe storm. Oh. We had, it doesn't show on this screen that I'm looking at, but we had power outages countywide. And 3,300, I got it in my notes right here. We had at least 3,300 customers countywide without power due to straight line winds and rain. Wow. Uh, but because I got auto send rules back in place just in time for our volunteer fire departments, it's a secondary notification that goes out via text. And I don't know if you've heard of e-dispatches, but we also. Yeah. Yep. Use, we use it. Use, we use that. Uh, so all of those were going back out to all of our responders in the event that radio went down because that happens sometimes during the storms. Yep. So it, uh, everything worked out. Uh, I hope I never have to do it again. I hope nobody does. No. But uh, in the rebuild of the network, I mean, everything was replaced from the UVerse modems uh, every switch, uh, cabling, it was just no, no, um, nothing was spared. Everything was ripped out and just rebuilt, uh, which was the best thing really for me, because what I inherited, a lot of things weren't labeled. Didn't know, well, where does this Ethernet, Ethernet cable go? Which switch is it for? Now I've got everything mapped. I know where everything is. And we have a hardware firewall, which was missing originally, uh, that helps, as well as, uh, if I can give a plug for this, is yeah. the, uh, the biggest thing that saved us is what I have running on, had running on my workstation that is now on every device we have is protection called PCmatic. Okay. Um, if you've never heard of it, uh, look it up. It is the only antivirus, any malware made in the U.S. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, I've got a, in that presentation that you have, there's a screen that tells about that. Oh, cool. So I haven't um, had a chance to, to dive into that. Things have just been a little crazy in my world, but yeah, um, I, mean, I can't wait to jump in. Um, and uh, it, there's just so much valuable. I can't wait to unpack. Right. All, all the major, all the major players, McAfee, Mantech, AVG, all those overseas. Right. Uh, so you never know what you're getting. Uh, but with PCmatic, I just had the consumer version because I had it on my home computers 
and it's like 50 bucks a year for five computers at home. Oh, wow. Uh, so I used that on one of, on my workstation here, not knowing just what it was going to do uh, for me last year and saved us uh, a ton of money, time, uh, things like that. So after we go back live in May, uh, somewhere a couple of months later, I guess our state now on board, the TECB that you're familiar with, yep. uh, funds a cybersecurity assessment for one PSAP in each district of the state. I jumped on that immediately. I want to know what our standing is. I want to. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, what, what we look like now after the attack and see where I need to still improve. And, uh, the guy that came down, uh, can't think of his name at the moment, but anyway, I told him about having PC Matic on my workstation. He said, Oh man, we love PC Matic mission critical partners. You're familiar with them. Yep. He said, I have it on my laptop. He said, I wish every piece out had that because they consider it public safety grade protection. That's awesome. And that, and this is great information, you know, and, and I think a couple of things too, is it, it shows you, you know, I'm, I'm glad that the TECB is doing that. That's, that's wicked awesome um, yeah. that they're doing that. And I, and I hope they're continuing to do that because it just, it allows you to know um, we had, we had decent systems in our pl in place. Our, our, um, when I was there, uh, our officer crook, yes, officer crook, <laughs> <laughs> um, when he was hired, the headline said police chief hires crook. Um but he was our IT guy and I used to get so frustrated with him and I'll probably send him this and he will know, he will, he will attest to it. I would get so frustrated with him because there were things that I wanted to do and he, I had to jump through hoops. Sometimes he told me no, and we'd have to go and figure out, you know, a better way or, or, you know, his way. And, and I remember saying to him at times, it doesn't have to be your way all the time. And, and he, <laughs> but he knew, he knew what he was doing and, and he kept us protected. And I think the other thing too, is we were a very small agency and you just said the same exact thing in my right. mind, I would never anticipate these knuckleheads coming after a small agency, because what they're trying to do is they're trying to get you to pay them in Bitcoin. Now, when I saw your story, right. I saw that you did pay out stuff, but I didn't, it, it didn't dawn on me that you didn't pay them. You just had to pay to get your stuff back. Right. We paid the company that came and helped us with the rebuild. Um, of course, Caliber, our uh, CAD vendor, uh, charges for the man hours they had, which, yeah. you know, it was expected. Uh, but fortunately, we had insurance that covered all of it. And we oh, were good. just out a little over 20,000. Um, the company that, um, you know, originally I told you 36,000 was the quote just to show up. Yeah. Well, these guys that came from here in Tennessee only charged us a little over 15,000 for 123 hours of labor, parts and travel expenses. Wow. And, so, and you're back up and running. And, and I have to say that's not that, yes, 20,000 is a lot of money, but when you oh, think yeah. about the magnitude of, of what could have been lost and, and having to just do that all, you know, it, it, it sounds like it was definitely worth that value for sure. Right. And the, I mean, 20,000 is just a drop in the bucket as to what the ransom could have been. We don't know. We don't care. We didn't want to uh, find out. And how but, did you, so how did you know not to engage with them? Because I think um, if I'm not mistaken, there are others in, in some of these scenarios where they paid them the Bitcoin to get their stuff back. 
Well, and my experience with IT and what I've learned from previous um, webinars and conferences and stuff I've been to, yeah, uh, you know, how do you know you can trust them? Right. You know, you give them the money, they give you your code to get back in your stuff, but can they still access it? Well, yeah, that, that to no, me, that know. would be my question is like, okay, I'm giving you this code, but you've already been in my stuff. So I'm going to have yeah. to rebuild it anyway. Right. So, you know, it, it just, it made sense, which the, the TBI and FBI confirmed, you know, don't send them anything. Don't communicate yep. with them. We'll take care of that. Um, and as far as I know, they did. The last time I talked to the FBI agent that was handling our case, uh, there's been no update. Uh, they believe it's the uh, email address that it was supposed to send to probably initiated from somewhere overseas. Yep. But as far as how it got in or got on our system, uh, well, they know just know which device it started on. Now I found out since then uh, through another vendor who we are switching to, to manage our recording server that apparently there was a message sent out uh, through that vendor says, here's how to prevent this because they knew what happened. Apparently there were some files left on our machine after the upgrade and install was completed that should have been deleted. And so, uh, so in my simple brain that doesn't like technology, I'm not sure I understand that. And I'm sure that there's folks out there that are listening are like, okay, but how, how does an old file allow these Jamokes to, to get into your computer. Right. Well, one way to explain it is uh, this other agency was hit in Tennessee several years ago. He told how they came in on that one. And it's something like this. You just leave an old account still active. Okay. And, and the password is simple as one, two, three, four, five, six. Gotcha. Okay. Somebody looks up and finds that account and that password and they're in. Now it's a lot more complex than that for some right. things, but I mean, that's, that's how it happened with them. For us, the files were dropped on that system and were spread out across our network. And back to my workstation before we uh, attempted to clean it because they wanted to make sure it was good. We found a folder that was on my workstation that was not there before that appeared to contain the files that were put there by this attack but they were not allowed to execute because of PCmatic. Wow. So it was, just, it was just simply deleting those and my workstation was good. And that's how um, PCmatic works is different than the others is it's more of a whitelist. If it's not on the approved list that they have, which is an enormous database, yep. it's not allowed to run until they check it or you override and say, okay, let it run. And then if you do that and you get something on your system, it's on you. But just knowing that PCmatic's on every device I have, this even happened just last week. You know about the new uh, scare that's out there right now with the Apache um, 4J log uh, issue. No, I don't because I'm not. I'm yeah. I'm not, I'm not dealing with that stuff anymore. So I'm not. But definitely tell us about it. Okay, it's. Um, let me pull something up here. I forgot the actual name of it um, because our server's already been taken care of on that um it has to do with the a log service i forget the name of it because i don't have it right in front of me at the moment but anyway uh our vendors on top of it they got in to uh ask to get on our server and apply the patch uh to keep anything from happening well because pcmatic's running on that and they drop a file on there they need to execute to 
replace that patch, it blocked that. Okay. Uh, so I had to go in and, and, and manually override to allow that executable to run because PCmatic says, what is this? I don't ever seen this before. I'm not allowing it to run. Okay. So if any of my coworkers in here in the radio room happen to go to a website and download a file that is malicious, that is not in a, an approved list, it's not going to be allowed to execute. Okay. Um, okay. That's good. So, you know, it's not just about clicking on a link in an email. I mean, even if they do that, something still has to execute in order for encryption to happen. Uh, so PCmatic is just the p- public safety grade protection to have. I love and that. Honestly, it's not that expensive compared to what it costs us to get back to this anyway. So right. that's why uh, the director, once I told him what uh, the agency that did the uh, mission critical partners did our uh, cybersecurity assessment and recommended it because they said they wished every piece up had it. He said, do it. So I got it on every device. And if we had new devices, I just upgrade our um, license and, and put that one on it as well. And the thing about it, I can manage it from a web interface anywhere because uh, I get notifications from it too. That's, kind of like, that, that's kind, so awesome. Kind of like C, C Cleaner uh, Cloud did. If PC Matic finds a virus, I get a text message immediately. Uh, now, most of the time, these are false positives I'm getting right now because of stuff that I have running that it's saying, okay, is this good? But it's still, I'm getting that notification. If a computer goes offline, hey, this computer is missing from the network. I can jump on and see what's going there. I can access right. them all, all remotely from the portal. So it's got so many um, bells and whistles that uh, it was it was worth the expense. Uh, well, the, the, there's just, there's so many lessons that you just, dropped like that folks may not even have known about or or considered you know when I teach my class it's it's challenging because um it's not always the director that's in the class so I just took you know a a handful of things out of this this conversation um that I may not have been able to have the opportunity to get otherwise but even even just knowing what's on your desktop you know, you just sign in every day. You just sit down and you go to sign in, but you really need to, you know, be vigilant. And it's not just clicking on links. You need to know, like, I'm looking at my messy desktop right now, and I probably yeah. couldn't tell you what I keep on my desktop because it's just, I drag and drop everything that I want to look at later. But every once in a while, I'll, you know, move stuff over and organize it and get rid of what I don't need. But these computers, you know, work computers, two things. One, if you're a director or a supervisor or, or the IT person, when you put something new on the desktop, your folks should know about it and you should explain right. what it is. And you, as the telecommunicator, your responsibility is to know what's there because if something is, is different. So when you took the picture um, before you shut that computer down, could you see that other you know, was there anything there that indicated that something was different? Well, the padlocks for one, yeah. uh, because I knew those weren't there. Cause I look at this screen at least weekly uh, when I change out that external drive. Yep. And then there were other files added that I knew did not uh, exist before. Okay. And that's that. I, that yeah. So I, I remembered you had said about the padlocks, but, and then I remembered on, on your computer, there was something that was put there that they tried to do, um, but got shut down. But I just wanted to, to know on that 
you know, on the one that they were successful in active, there, there were things that didn't belong there. Yeah, it was obvious. I mean, because uh, the icons were now padlocks uh, and at the end of the file name uh, or the name of the program that the icons associated with it, it put the dot uh, HTA after it. <clears throat> so that okay. told me it was encrypted. It didn't do that to folders, but files within each folder. Um, another in interesting thing to note is one of the two of our machines, uh, the GIS machine, the mapping machine I was talking about, uh, a, a backup I had installed on it is uh, a cloud backup. And by accessing it, when I went to restore that machine, because the backup was in the cloud, we were able to see exactly what time the encrypted files were backed up to the cloud, but I still had good files from the day before that I could restore. So um, while the ransomware attack was very good at cleaning up after itself, it couldn't do everything um, because they were trying to find log files in Windows and it erased them as quickly as it created them. Wow. But because of the things I had running separately that obviously this Mr. Deck didn't know about, we were able to pinpoint some time frames that uh, pointed to when things started uh, and where it stopped. Shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I don't really believe it was somebody on our systems. I think it was just an automated uh, application. Once it launched, it was sending stuff back to somebody, but I don't think somebody was remotely controlling it. There was no activity. There was no screens popping up. There were no mouse movements or anything like that. It was just right. an something running in the background and spreading from one machine to the other and encrypting well, and the I'm, files. And I'm just, I'm just thinking like, so I've always envisioned like, you know, when they have the, the, the guy with the mask on, and like the white mask sitting behind right. the computer, like, like that's what I picture this Mr. Deck to look like. And, and he's just back there like, like take, yeah. taking over, but that's not exactly what's happening. Basically they're just running computer programs and it's like, they're knocking on all these doors. And then all of a sudden yep. somebody opens the door and it's like, Bloop, okay, here we go. That's it. And I believe the, the files, uh, another way to, to explain what happened on that server is, and they couldn't tell me this for sure, but if they were left there to use during a remote session and were not deleted, it probably left some ports open. Okay. Uh, that, that these bots out there in the, on the internet that are looking for these open ports to get in, uh, that was the security issue. And because there wasn't a hardware firewall that kept those ports closed anyway, yep, we were vulnerable and, and they got in. Wow. Um, but uh, the timing of it, again, it was just... Uh, I'm, I'm thankful that it happened when it did. Yeah. Uh, because call volume was low. Yep, so our, yep. our operators wasn't as overloaded as they could have been. Uh, I was at the right place at the right time to help mitigate it and stop it from being worse than it was. And we got back up in time to deal with a really severe storm in the county. So, right. Well, and I'm uh, thinking too, like we, when you're talking about the, you know, the notification um, that you got from the, you know, software that you had on your, on your computer that basically told yeah. you, I think that's really important too, because honestly, I could see, um, as a director or operations manager or something, if, if it was just a call from your dispatcher at that time on a Sunday, you know, you might not be readily and to answer the phone, right? Like, all right, well, sure. I'll, I'll give him a call back. Cause I'm in the middle of dinner or whatever. Right. right? And, but to, to, 
be able to be notified like that, you're like, oh, this is serious. And, and I need to, you know, not that we not call our dispatch centers back, but it, it, it is one of those things. If I can't answer right at the moment, I'll call them back. And, and if that was the case there, again, there could have been a lot more damage done. Sure. I mean, this could have come at three in the morning. And right. I, w- I wouldn't have heard that, um, email that I would have got until right later. well I do I do found that it's interesting that it was on a Sunday um yeah. you know where most of the time you don't have your administrative staff on so I don't know right. if that was strategic or if that was you know that is an interesting question to ask some of the folks I, m- I might reach out to some of the other folks that I know and and just ask a couple of questions like was there something different on the on the desktop um was you know, when did it happen? Was it on a day where admin isn't usually there? Because that is something to keep in mind, right? Yeah. If if these attacks are happening and then what's, what's the game plan? What do the tell Cause, cause there's, I'll tell you, there are a lot of folks out there. uh, I don't think I had anything in place. I, in fact, I know I didn't have anything in place. So another lesson to learn here is if I'm teaching administrators, get yourself a policy for when it happens, what it can right. look like, it teach your folks that, and what is it that they have to do if, if they have to take the picture and shut stuff, stuff down, right? Get that, give them the policy and the procedure in place so they know what to do when it happens. And if I'm teaching, you know, the folks, the, the frontline folks, not to get frustrated with another policy coming out because I know that that's, you know, can be frustrating, um, but it's really important. It's right. really important. I mean, just tell them it's not if, it's when. Yeah. And you, you yeah. never know when that's going to be. And uh, I'm just glad I was available at that time uh, because had I not been able to get here in that time frame, I couldn't have told one of the operators over the phone what right. to do. Right. Uh, well, because you, you probably be didn't things. even know, right? No, I mean, <laughs> just, I just knew from that email, okay, who did this? It yep. wasn't one of them. I, I know my people well enough. I knew they couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, and just from the IT perspective, knowing that I'm responsible for all of these devices, I had to find something to help me manage them because I got a lot of other hats that I wear. And CCleaner helped me do that by running scans, updating software like our browsers. It's almost every day, Chrome or Firefox or Edge, something has got to be patched. Yeah. Uh, but with what I have running, they automatically get updated immediately every time a new update's out there. And I get those emails too. Uh, Edge was just updated on this machine. Uh, so I know it's happening without having to log in and check it every day. Right. Myself. So that saves me time. Wow. Um, and it saves money because <laughs> yeah. I'm not yeah. having to spend extra time to do that. I just come in and go to the server, make sure the screen looks good. And I'm, I'm a little bit, I mean, we were, we were on pins and needles after that. Anything at least oh, I bet. Ha- happened. You know, that popped up on the stream, like, okay, are we under attack? Because they yeah. thought, uh, I said, no, I've checked, server restarted on its own, and that shouldn't have happened. Well, and uh, I think that's the thing, too, is, you know, and again, I, I've heard that they, they, I don't know who they are, maybe the FBI, or I've heard them say that you don't pay these jamokes the money because you know one we we already talked about is that you don't know how much access they they still have if they actually had access to your computer but then right. it was you were an easy target and they got you know x number of dollars from you so hey let's uh give it a year or two and let's do it again cuz clearly they're going to you know they're going to pay us and 
maybe the next time they learn like, oh, well, we paid them, but we still had to rebuild everything. But I mean, I'm going to assume that the FBI says, you know, and you said that don't talk to them, don't give them anything and don't engage. Right. Right. Because once you communicate with them, no matter what email address you send from, they have ways to tell what device you send it from. It's crazy. I understand. I don't have the means to do it, but I understand the concept and how it works. I just know not to do that because it's really crazy. Some of the stuff that they can do. And I know I've seen a headline recently. uh, I don't think it was a 911 center, but it was a company that for the third or fourth time has been Oh, the payroll company. It may have been that one. Yes. I think there's a um, payroll company and they are they are responsible for a very large amount of payroll and that just screwed them up like t- yeah. two weeks before Christmas. And yes, that I did see that one and that is related to this Apache log four J. I got it in front of me now, vulnerability okay. that's out there that um yeah, they're scrambling to mitigate that. And I've got a message from PC Matic about it, and they've already put a mitigation uh, kind of workaround in place to help with it. Um, even though they don't know what my system's got on or not, they're just putting it out there. So PC Matic can help stop it as well until yeah. I get my system updated, but I know mine's already got the patch in place on our one and only server that they said was uh, subject to it. So, and you again, heard, you heard about that from PC Matic. Uh, well, I did, but I knew about it before I got the okay. message from PC Matic. It's just but still, it's, I think it's in, the, it's in the news. Yeah, I, I know, but I think that's really cool because I didn't hear about that and I wouldn't have known about that. And the fact that this, so a couple things, <laughs> I'm going to see cleaner and um, PC Matic. I'm going to be shooting them an email and saying, hey, you might be getting some calls from 911 centers because uh, because your stuff was super helpful. And I just did a podcast on it. So, <laughs> yeah. And and I told the guys with PC Matic, hey, I said, I'm going to recommend this to everybody. I said, I'm going to tell whoever I can. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I'm, I, I don't get any kickbacks from it. I don't. Yeah. Care. No, no, no. I, 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 mean, I want to help other valuable. Yeah. It's such valuable right. information. So, all right, my friend, I like to stay within the hour time frame, but sure. this was such an awesome conversation. I think it is super helpful and it's going to be super helpful to so many folks. Um, and, and this is stuff that they have to get cracking on sooner rather than later. Right. Because like you said, it's, it's not a matter of if it's, it's a matter of when, so, but I just want to say thank you so much for joining me. I know we tried to execute this a couple of times, but crazy, crazy life. That's, I'll just blame it on COVID, right? Yeah. COVID um, and holidays. <laughs> COVID holidays, D all of the above, but I'm so glad right. we got to connect. I am super appreciative of all your support and everything that I do. So keep being amazing and, and protecting your folks in more ways than one. You too. Look forward to seeing you at the winter workshop next month. Yay. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I get to go back. That's one of my favorite conferences. So, but you knew that because it holds a special place in my heart. So And I love the state of Tennessee. So there's that. All right, my friend, we will catch up soon. And I appreciate you. Thank you, Tracy. Have a good day. Hey, heroes. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please like and follow me on my on-scene first social media so you too can keep up with my shenanigans. And make sure you get to know our friends over at NGA 911. You can start by heading over to their social media and thanking them for being our premier sponsor. Remember, stay safe, stay strong, and stay here. We need you.